most success of our season one best of, we decided to take this opportunity to make a best of season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So me and Brie put our heads together and we became one. <laughs> we came up with episodes that we thought were really interesting, really uh, fun to talk about in a sense of, uh, you know, history and paranormal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are going to talk about in our first topic, um, we are going to play the clip of Peggy's Cove in Peggy's Cove, Nova Scotia. And then following that, we are going to uh, get into talking about, or I guess playing the clip for Skeleton Park in Kingston, Ontario. That one's pretty cool. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. And our last file that we are going to feature from season two um, is Old Finch Bridge in Scarborough. So if yes. you want to check out the, yeah, if you want to check out the full episode, uh, the Peggy's Cove is episode two and Skeleton Park is episode 11 and Old Finch Bridge is episode 10. So if you want to check out the full episode, then you got to check out that. But we are going to play the clips from the three that we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And also, there's also little TikTok videos of all those locations that we mentioned. So you can see what they look like. Yes, definitely. And also kind of, you know, it's almost like putting a face to a name. You know, when you're talking to somebody over a phone, you kind of get the <laughs> idea of what we're talking about when we explain it. Mm-hmm, I, exactly. I I think that works for me. <laughs> so how's everything going with you, Brie, before we it's get started? pretty good. Not bad, not bad. Well, that's good. That's good. How is your January treating you? Well, the first real snowfall has arrived, so I'm not happy Yes, as I look at my window right now, you might hear some snow plows going by um, <laughs> as uh, we're on the microphone, and we can't really turn those off because they yep. are quite loud. Yep. <laughs> so, so was yeah, that so, wind today? Yes. Oh my God. Um, it was a very fun day. Um, <laughs> my work closed a little bit early um, because of that. So, I mean, hopefully tomorrow will be a little bit better. What about you, Sean? What's been going on with you? What's new? Not much, you know, just kind of surviving after Christmas and, uh, mm, you know, yeah. January, February, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. you know, we have a couple things coming up next month that, you know, we're going to and kind of getting away for a little bit. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, not much. January is kind of blah, blah, blah. So yeah. <laughs> kind of waiting yeah. for it to pass, even though it is yeah. going pretty fast. It is. It <laughs> is. We're, we're, we're almost there. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the clips and then we will join you at the end and you can uh, find out how to get in touch with us and we'll have our final comments at the end. All right. Check it out. So uh, without further ado, as I always say, let's get right into talking about Peggy's Cove Lighthouse, which is located in Nova Scotia. It's actually known as Peggy's Point Lighthouse, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which nobody really uses, but it, but everybody knows it as Peggy's Cove Lighthouse. Um, it's still active today. It's run by the, the the Coast Guard, the Canadian Coast Guard, 
it sits on a rock bed of granite and it is 15 meters or 49 feet tall <laughs> and it's the most recognized image in the world oh really yeah so a lot of people instantly know because it's like that red and white color oh. and you see it on calendars yeah. and you know those pretty pictures yeah those pretty pictures and um it's one of the most visited uh attractions in the province because oh, wow. it's so popular as we were saying and it's located at the entrance of saint margaret's bay oh. so that's that's the waters pretty. that it uh surrounds it surrounds and protects it was first constructed in 1868 as a wooden lighthouse with a beacon on its roof. Um, the lighthouse keeper would light a kerosene oil lamp, which was magnified by a catropic reflector, hmm. which is basically a silver painted or plated mirror, I should say, which would create a red beacon. And it was, uh, as I said, the light marking the entrance of the, the bay. Oh, wow. Yeah. A kerosene lamp. Yeah, kerosene lamp. And it would just reflect off of this, like, mirrored thing. And as a, and, and it would sort of tell the ships that that's where the entrance was, and they would be safe to come in that way. Oh, wow. Yeah. In 1914, the structure that stands today is, is it was built. Okay. Because okay, I was saying that there was the smaller thing with the light on top. Oh, of yeah, yeah, time. right. Yeah. The lighthouse operator would use the old lighthouse as it's like where he would stay. Oh, you mean like where he like slept in yeah, between? Yeah, like it was his quarters. Yeah, it was oh, his quarters. Okay. The old lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, he would just stay there and, and what have you. And then the lighthouse keeper's quarters was used until around 1954 when Hurricane Edna came and it demolished the uh, quarters. So oh. they ended up ripping it down. And actually, that's when the lighthouse became automated. So they didn't actually need a lighthouse keeper anymore. Oh. Yeah. The lighthouse also contained a small Canada Post office in the lower level. But sadly, it was closed in 2009 because of hazardous conditions and mm. mold. Aw. Yeah. So that was kind of... That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I think that would be a cool job. I'd love yeah. to work there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go to a lighthouse every day <laughs> off the water. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Take my breaks outside. Chill. Yeah, definitely. Dangling. Feet. Avoid the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In 2010, the Canadian Ghost Guard declared the lighthouse a surplus, along with all the lighthouses in Canada. Hmm. So, the only lighthouses was the, the saving grace of this lighthouse was to be nominated by the Heritage Lighthouse Protection Act, or the lighthouse would face being torn down. Ah. Uh-huh. And that kind of surprised me because for something that's so recognizable, they it just seemed like they were very quick to just kind of Get say, of "Yeah, let's rip, rip it down." You know. Well, is it is it is it no? When did it no longer go in use? It's still in use. Oh. it's still in use. But they, it was um, the so they the was automated, but the Canadian Coast Guard in 2010 declared it a surplus so they were saying that it was costing them too much money oh, right? so okay. they were trying to basically offload it right um from what i understood so they it so, was no longer useful right but they but they were still using it go figure <laughs> so in 2015 to kind of further this 74 lighthouses were preserved under the heritage but it did not include peggy's cove <laughs> 
right? So it's like another loss for Peggy's Cove, yeah. but it is still operated today by the Canadian Coast Guard. So, oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what the story is there. So maybe somebody can reach out and tell us. But <laughs> I don't know, Canadian Coast Guard, I would keep it going because <laughs> I think that's a pretty cool, you know, kind well, of recognizable thing. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of history involved there. Um, and I'm sure it has saved a lot of lives. But then I hear there's a ghost story about it as well. Mm-hmm. There is. Okay. <laughs> well, I would like to hear about it because I only talk about the good things. <laughs> no, I talk about the spooky things. I'm just kidding. No, it's interesting to definitely see the different part of it, mm-hmm. the different aspect of it, because, you know, from from, you know, kerosene lamps to post offices to, you know, you see the one side that everybody sees. Yeah. But yeah. not the tragedies. No, but as I said, you know, it's not all just, you know, pretty stuff. There's also some pretty tragic things, and that's why they, we have these stories to tell. <laughs> so, exactly. over to Brie for the ghosts of Peggy's Cold Lighthouse. So, Peggy, who was actually named Margaret, but Peggy is, you know, kind of like, I guess, a nickname or whatever for Margaret. Yeah. She was the ghost they claim that haunts the lighthouse. In the 1800s, according to the legend, Margaret was the survivor of a shipwreck that killed her, all her children and left her and her husband. So she was so grief stricken that she spent most of her days just walking across the water's edge where the rocks were back and forth. And one day her husband tried to do something to cheer her up and make her feel better. And he slipped on the rocks that she paced back and forth on, and he died of a fatal wound. That's so, <laughs> that's really sad if yeah. that is the case. Because, like, I mean, I don't know. Tragedy, I don't know. Tra- does tragedy invite tragedy? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It just well, seems, for, for yeah. Margaret, it did. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Right? She. Couldn't handle the death of her children and then the death of her husband. And it didn't take long after that that she stood at the water's edge and decided to jump in. So she just jumped into the water and that was was it. it. Wow. Mm -hmm. Sad, eh? Mm -hmm. Well, that's one of the stories. Okay. (laughs) So there's more. One of the other stories. It's very similar. The only difference is that there was no husband. Everybody died on the shipwreck. She was the only survivor. And she died of a broken heart. And that was that. <laughs> well, that could be very true, too. Mm-hmm. Especially because the last story that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So that's very possible in either way. And what a good story. Oh, the other thing that I also um, read was that the people that toured the area, like tourists, yeah. they uh, there was a couple of them that uh, said that they saw a woman in a blue dress standing over by the rock where she committed suicide. Okay. And um, when they walked closer towards her, um, she would disappear. And then there were some people that claimed that as they were walking uh, towards that way and they saw her, it was like she knew the living was there and that the living, like she was trying to reach out to them and ask them for help. But nobody could understand what she was saying. Even the other people who she disappeared on, before she disappeared, she yelled something but they couldn't understand what she was saying 
So it's like she just constantly is repeating herself, looking for her children, grieving for her children, and then screaming for help, but people can't understand her. And then she disappears. Doesn't that kind of seem like the Matrix? Like, honestly, like a Matrix loop? You know what I mean? Like, it's, she's just constantly doing the same thing mm, over, over and over again. Or purgatory. So we're going to get right into it. We are going to start talking about Skeleton Park uh, in Kingston, Ontario, which is kind of a nickname for for this park in a sense, um, because right now, uh, from what we understand, it's called McBurney Park, which we'll get into a little bit later, but Skeleton Park is the nickname of it. Um, it was established in 1816. It was known by many names, first as the Garrison Burial Ground, the Upper Burial Ground, the Frontenac Park, and finally, as I mentioned earlier, McBurney Park. And then it was that name was changed to its final name in the late 1960s. And it was named after a school principal, James A. McBurney. And roughly at the time that it was an active uh, cemetery, there was 10,000 bodies that were buried there. And in 1864, um, there was no more burials after that time. And really until 1893, that cemetery just was neglected. Um, Tombstones were broken and damaged um it just like i mean some of the photos that you see online um are just terrible like i mean i would never want to see my loved ones being in a cemetery that was that degraded um uh, yeah it just looked it looked like a junkyard really It it was owned by three churches. So it was owned by the roman catholics it was owned by the anglicans and the presbyterians now, the Roman Catholics stipulated that all the remains in their section were to be resumed and reburied into another cemetery. The Anglicans and the Presbyterians only stipulated that exhumation and reburial would be undertaken if the families requested it and could afford it. So by that point, a local contractor was hired to dig up the remains of the people that were to be moved, and 540 bodies were exhumed. And then there were fears of releasing disease and contagions. People die from certain diseases and stuff, and you can release it, right? Mm -hmm. And so... We talked about another location that also had that. That Remember the nuns? The nuns, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they were worried about, like, releasing some kind of contagion or pathogens or what have you that could make people sick. So they they basically stopped. And and because of the deterioration as well, some of the graves were waterlogged. Um, they also found that there was more people buried in grave sites than there should have been. Oh, my God. So there was a lot of that going on, too. Mm-hmm. Um the contractor dug up 540 bodies and then that all stopped. So, and then the rest just got plowed over top of, so they're still there in the park to this day. That's awful. Actually the park opened in 1893 and there's still over 9,000 bodies that are still buried in that park. Oh yeah. No wonder it's haunted. Yeah. No wonder. Right. 
So it just doesn't seem right. But like, I mean, what's done is done. And obviously, you know, what have you. And it was, it was such an eyesore that people just wanted something done with it, I'm sure. Well, I guess it would have been up to the city, right? Yeah, well, like, I mean, the city did take it over after, because after it was in neglect, the, the churches were just like, basically, here you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the city turned it into a park, and then, uh, you know. Wow. So that'd be the history. And uh, then I'm going to pass it over to you, because there was there was some interesting stuff that, that kind of happens there in Skeleton Park, even at nighttime. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm very interested in going, but... Maybe during the day. <laughs> I'd like to feel the energy. I, I would like to go for sure. But I think I would have to go at nighttime because of of some of the visuals that you would probably see. And so, so I think that's a perfect lead in to talk about the ghosts of Skeleton Park. Sounds Free? good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you already know it is obviously clear why this place is haunted with all those bodies still remaining underneath yeah so considering his past and the fact that it was a cemetery back in the day people have seen apparitions of ghostly figures like clowns so that's one of the reasons why i don't want to go there in the evening (laughs) Okay, Not now, th- now that you've said that, man. I'm kind of like, um, yeah, I don't know. So <laughs> I think I'd still go, though. During the day. Yeah. I don't care if I see it during the day. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Uh, You're usually the braver one. I'm usually <laughs> the one going, yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. He's like, I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> don't make me go. <laughs> yeah. We're flipping for this episode for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People feel that they are being watched and followed. And they also get this feeling that that they didn't belong there or they weren't wanted there. Hmm. I can see that. Because it's mm-hmm. like their resting place, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, and you're walking over them as opposed yeah. to respecting the grave that would have been there, right? I hate yeah. that. Even when I go to the cemetery, it's, it's I try and not walk over other people to get to where I'm going. I'm right with you, and I really mm-hmm. don't know where to walk to be proper. I know, you know, it's and true. it's just like because you never know how they're buried in there. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I guess always your head goes to the top, like near the tombstone. I guess. I don't yeah, know. I've yeah. never been there. It's so. <laughs> People hear disembodied voices and screaming. People crying have been reported as well. There's also the people that live in the surrounding area. They have also reported paranormal activity as well. So it's not just the people that actually go to the park and walk around or whatever. Now, I was looking at the pictures online and from the past and what it looks like now. It, it looks gorgeous. It looks beautiful. So I understand why people would want to go there. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, they've turned it into a beautiful space. And mm-hmm. I mean, uh, with but I think it's more like the history of it that really kind of brings it down a little couple of notches. But yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. Like, I mean, you don't really see that happening a lot. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, ever. Ever, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely um, an interesting history and, you know, kind of a spooky 
feeling too, because as you were saying, you know, people, when they go there, they don't feel welcome. Lights are seen going off and on, on their own. I guess in that one building in the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess in the same place, the doors are said to open and close on their own as well. Hmm. Wow. And lots of uh, reports of seeing apparitions around there. Some people have said they've seen children running around during the day and they just continue to do the things that they were doing in life when they were alive at that time. Wow. And, eh? Yeah. And, and they can't see or hear anybody that's around that's not dead as well. And apparently they don't have any identities of who these children are or how they died. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Huh. They're not really identifiable. They're just kind of like kids, almost like playing around in a playground, in a sense. Mm, there's got to be something about that. Yeah, something more to it. Or maybe they were just drawn in that cemetery. Okay, yeah. Also, if you visit the park during the evening, if it's a full moon, apparently you will be able to see the cemetery and tombstones and the park will vanish. That's awesome. And apparently you will be able to see some spirits, some of which are full of cuts and wounds all over their body. Wow. Mm -hmm. Also, some ghosts are known to be aggressive and have physically hurt visitors and tourists. Wow. I want to go there for sure now. See? (laughs) I don't want to get hurt, but if they touch me, (laughs) then I think I might believe a little bit more. (laughs) You know, it's one thing to see something. You're like, is that a trick of my eyes or a trick of my mind? Because your mind will play tricks on you, right? But of course. if you feel something touch you and nothing is there, how can yeah. you trick your mind to do that? Well, how yeah. can your mind trick you into believing that? Especially if it's something that's happening like multiple times while you're there or you're, uh-huh. you know, because I mean, you as a person know the difference. Yeah. Between exactly. somebody grabbing your arm. And somebody just kind of brushing up against it. Like, I mean, you know the difference. So, yeah. yeah. So I've really never had that experience. I had a visual experience, but never like something touching me or anything like that, which I'm perfectly okay with. So was there anything more for Skeleton Park, a.k.a. McBurney Park? No, I didn't see anything. All right. Well, that was pretty cool. That mm-hmm. was really cool. But without further ado, let's get right into talking about the old Finch Bridge. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to ask you because you might have driven over this bridge yourself. Um, I, I don't know. Have you? Do, do you? do you recognize it in, when you were doing the research? Um, I'm trying to, you know what, I probably what I should have done was looked it up on, a, on the map, on Google Maps. Yeah, well, it's... I would have been able to visualize it a bit better. Because I know I've taken Finch. Yeah. One time. Yeah, and it's kind of right in where the the, the Toronto Zoo is. And it's a metal it's a metal bridge that you go on. And it's a single... It's recently did. Yeah. Because I went to the zoo... Um, oh, my gosh. When? Um, June. I went to the zoo in June. Mm-hmm. And we had to go under... And it was only, you could only go one car at a time and it was under, and there was a, a wooden bridge. And I remember, I think I said to the boys, I was like, oh my God, that freaks me out. <laughs> oh, this one is not wooden, it's metal. Oh, okay. And then it's a different one. Okay. 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 
So this bridge was constructed in 1954. It's located at Swells Road and Old Finch Avenue in Scarborough, and it crosses the Rouge River. And this is how the Rouge River kind of plays a part in this bridge. So in 1954, there was a hurricane that kind of drifted up the, the East Coast, if you will, and ended up hitting Toronto. So what happened was a lot of, because there was so much water and so much wind and high winds and what have you, it washed away a lot of bridges. So that's, that's what happened. And, and so people in like the Pickering Ajax area were cut off from Toronto. There was no way to, or, or, you know, having any way to ease the congestion. So they built a bridge uh, to replace it and it took three days three days yeah the canadian army came in and realized that this bridge needed to be built and they put this bridge together in three days and that is including waiting for the supplies to come wow yeah yeah so it's um it's technically a Bailey Bridge, so it's a single lane uh, bridge that was constructed of metal, and it's still in use to this day. And as I was mentioning, I've lived in the area for a number of years, and I've gone over this bridge many, many, many times. And even at night, um, driving with friends and 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 with my brother, and it's very eerie at night because you know um, if you're ever there, it, it's just. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like you go from, um, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's outdoors and you're in the forest, but it goes to very dense forest. And then you go over this bridge and you're basically going over this river. So, yeah. So I, I just really, I never knew the actual story that kind of went behind it. And, and, you know, you never really think about that. I'm just thinking about, Hey, I'm going over a metal bridge. I've never been over it. Wow. Yeah. I just looked at pictures of it and I've, I've never seen it. Wow. I'm going to have to go. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's so cool. And, you know, there's also been a plaque that was placed there to commemorate the extraordinary efforts of the second field engineer regiment, which are the ones that built um, the bridge. Hmm. And then there's two other um, Bailey bridges in the GTA uh, one is downtown Toronto, and another is in Markham. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for the history of it. I, I was amazed by how quick they put this bridge together. Three days to construct no. a bridge. Like, I think they need to start building our highways. <laughs> <laughs> right? They feel like they're taking forever. Right? Yeah. Or the Eglinton Road. Oh, my oh, God. Don't even talk to me about that. I Yeah. <laughs> I deal with that on a daily basis. Oh, nightmare! What a nightmare. yeah. So, anyways, that's a that's a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm gonna pass it over to you, Bree, for the ghost of Old Finch Bridge. All right, sounds good. So, people have been said to park their cars and walk over the bridge when they stopped walking they would hear footsteps continuing on and then when they would turn around there would be nobody there 
And then they would go back to their car, drive over the bridge, and after they've started the car, it would die. And they would have to restart it over and over and over again. Wow. And this is while they're on the bridge? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I wouldn't be so good with that. Yeah. I. <laughs> like, say you have to get out. Like, say you have to get out of the car. You're on a metal bridge with water underneath you. I'm saying yeah. it's pitch black at night. No thanks. Yeah, what if it's windy? I'll just stay in my car. Actually, I don't know. I don't know what I do. <laughs> I just don't want to be in that situation ever. But I'm sorry. Continue. Um, there's also an urban legend that talks about a girl who was murdered on the bridge and she was celebrating her birthday. And when she got separated from the group, everyone kind of went searching for her, but she was never seen again. And it wasn't until the next morning that they found her body and her killer was never found. Wow. Right. And it said that if you go um, to the bridge in full darkness and cross it singing the song, happy birthday, you will hear a girl scream as she's being murdered. That's terrifying. Yeah. Wow. Another uh, legend um, is uh, for people driving over the bridge. It's to do with the train tracks nearby the bridge, I guess. Stories ha- have said that the cars would stall near the tracks and the headlights would go out and die. Others have claimed that they would like the, the car would stall on the tracks and an invisible force would like push them out of the way. That's creepy. That's crazy. That's crazy. So it's almost like, um, it's almost seems like there's two forces that mm-hmm. work there, or it's just being, I don't know. I guess the wrong word is playful in a sense. Uh, strong energy. That's interesting. That's mm-hmm. crazy, but interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out now. And uh, that's it. That's all I got for the bridge. All right. Well, that was good. Like, I mean, short but sweet, but it was really interesting to to hear about the history of the bridge and, and some of the things um, that uh, have gone on there. Or All right. Well, there you have it. The old Finch Bridge in Scarborough. Well, that finishes our uh, best of season two episode. And we want to hear about your experiences with the paranormal and, you know, maybe something that you've encountered in your lifetime that you would like to share with us. And, uh, and we can talk about it on the show. So Brie, let everyone know how they can get in touch with us. All right. All right. So you can find us at paranormalfilescanada at gmail.com. Send us your stories or if there's something you want us to look up and research and find out you know what's going on there let us know you can find us on facebook at paranormal files canada on instagram at canada paranormal files and now on tiktok as pfc or paranormal files canada yes and look you know i i think i've mentioned before i'm not really a social media person brie is more on top of that than i am but <laughs> some of the tiktok videos are very interesting and you know they show 
some of the places that we've been to and some of the things that we've seen and uh, just to kind of bring those places to light and, and, you know, and I mm-hmm. believe most of the places that we show are here you can visit. So mm-hmm. definitely yeah. if you're making some travel plans to those areas, definitely check out all those landmarks and things that we talk about in the show to see if you have some experiences there of your own that you might want to share with us on our show. Mm-hmm. So right. that, yeah. So that brings us to the end of another episode. So again, thanks for joining us. We definitely appreciate you having along because that's why we do these best of episodes because we see that you enjoy them just as much as we like putting them out there. Mm-hmm. As always, take care of yourself and stay, stay smooth. smooth.